When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Beth Capici, and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist, and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. Welcome to another episode after a long pause between episodes. Um, sorry about that. I'll explain later. But um, I have some good friends here tonight, and I'm going to pick their brain, uh, especially Lane. Um, I have my friend Lane Ford, who I've known for 25 years, approximately. Yeah. And his wife, Jennifer, who I've known for probably 30. Yeah. And one of their beautiful daughters, Grayson, who's sitting here with us. You're 19-ish. Mm -hmm. um, great family, three girls. And Lane has a really cool career journey and has started a really neat business called Ford Consult. And when Jennifer told me what he was doing, I was extremely intrigued and excited because you've, if you've listened to any of my episodes, probably heard me talking about the user's guide to yourself and finding your unique strengths and your unique package deals, strengths and weaknesses included, and just kind of figuring out your purpose and your calling and how do you do that? And it's very complicated and, but really exciting. So Lane is really in the thick of a business like this. So I can't wait to learn more. Um, I really don't know much except what Jennifer's told me. And um, by the way, she was my roommate in college and we <laughs> had an absolute blast. And she was on my podcast called Balanced Motherhood and one of my first podcasts. So um, anyway, she might chime in and Grayson might chime in, but we're here to to hear about what Lane's doing and what he can teach us. So welcome. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> 
So could you tell us like your history with your own career path and how it brought you to where you are? Yeah. Um, I have had a, a journey of just, you know, really trying out a number of different things, um, trying to discern where is God calling me? What are, what are my gifts? How does he want to use me in the world? Um, really seeking to understand what's my purpose mm -hmm. for being here. And, um, I think that, you know, it, it really, for me became most intense, um, probably like it does for most people in college when you're trying to decide on a major in college. Um, I had decided I wanted to go to medical school, mm. um, but ended up having a lot of doctors tell me that they never, they didn't know how to run their businesses. And so they said, well, get your pre-med, you know, requirements out of the way. Um, but if you could get a business degree at the same time, that would be a great idea. So oh. I did that and, um, ended up, um, applying to medical school. I uh, got on the waiting list of a few schools, but did not get accepted. The first time I tried, um, I was going to have to wait a whole nother year to reapply. And it was really during that year that, um, uh, and, and I'll back up and say that I did end up getting a degree in finance, mm -hmm. um, uh, along with my pre-med requirements. Um, but during that year I decided, um, really, I think with God's help that potentially I was pursuing, um, medical school for the wrong reasons. Mm. Um, potentially, I think we always have a mixture of motivations for why we do things, some good, some bad, mm -hmm. some of the bad you may not be totally aware of at, at a, any given time. Um, but once I had reflected on it, um, and spent some time just, um, struggling with it and praying over it, realized that I was probably pursuing it more out of a desire to be accomplished, a desire to be recognized, uh, a desire to be, you know, called doctor, um, and potentially maybe even just for the desire of assuming that, um, you know, a doctor would, would always be able to make a good living and, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have to worry about, um, making money. And so I think, um, that, you know, began to bubble up for me and caused me to realize I, I should not continue down that path. Um, I ended up working in business for a while. And I think that's where, when I got my, my feet wet in business was when I began to wrestle with, um, some of the, the ethics that occurred in business that, um, I didn't agree with, uh, some of the things that happened, I, I just felt like there was more of a, a culture of, um, if, if it makes money, um, then we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, if it, if it makes a profit, then you do it as opposed to, is it right for yeah. the customer? Is it right for the, you know, your business partner? Is it right for them? Um, and that's where I really started wrestling with, you know, is this what life is about? Is this what business is about? Is it just about taking advantage of people? Mm. Uh, is it about just making a profit or is there something more? Um, and that just kind of set me on a journey, um, which ended up, uh, I won't go into all the details, but I ended up going to seminary, um, really seeking to understand number one, what does the Bible say about, um, work and calling and purpose? Um, and you know, secondly, I was trying to discern 
whether or not maybe God had given me the gifts to be a pastor and whether or not I should go that direction. Mm. Um, so I, um, pursued seminary, um, got the seminary degree, but while I was there, realized that, um, I, I did learn about calling a lot about calling and realized that God was calling me back into the business world. Mm. And so, um, and, and began to get a grander, bigger vision for what the kingdom of God is really about and what the new heavens and the new earth are really about. And, and the fact that that is where scripture says we are going, that's where God's taking us. And that we are even part of, as believers, are part of that journey right now. Mm. So a lot of what I like to do um, if I'm working with Christians, I work with Christians and non-Christians, but if I'm working with Christians is to help them um, begin to get uh, a new vision for how is God calling you to engage the world, um, which is his world, um, in a manner that helps to bear witness to his kingdom and the way it's coming and and um, how they can be a part of that. Mm. Wow. So a lot of stuff there. Yeah, that is a lot. And it's really neat to just look in hindsight at how things happen and disappointments and like not getting into med school mm -hmm. the first time and how there's a reason behind it. And sometimes things that seem, you know, negative are actually in your best interest and to put you on the path you're meant to be on and find your purpose. So, mm -hmm. wow, that's neat. So yeah, I, I ended up, um, I've, I've worked in, in the business world, um, a lot of times as a CFO or, um, working in both kind of finance and operations and, you know, small, medium sized companies. Some, uh, one recently as a startup company that was growing really fast. Um, but while working there, um, realizing that what I enjoy most is talking to people about, their, um, their callings, their purpose, their, their journey and what God has them on. Um, and, um, even in the midst of, well, part of my career path led me to work at a church, um, North shore fellowship here in Chattanooga. And, um, I started a faith work and calling ministry mm -hmm. there and, um, just began to really talk to both men and women about their work and about the meaning of their work, um, uh, helping people who were maybe dissatisfied with their work, um, who were disappointed, or maybe they were out of work, mm -hmm. um, and just trying to help them get their bearings and figure out, okay, what, what's God calling me to do mm. now? Yeah. So. That triggers something I remember hearing in college at some point, I think it was Socrates. I'm not sure, but it was like, know thyself and know God. Mm -hmm. Those were the first two kind of things he suggested. Was that Socrates? I think, I think it was actually John Calvin. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that kind of reminds me of some of what you're saying is just kind of knowing who you are and, and what your purpose is can kind of lead you in a roundabout way, oftentimes with a lot of curves and mm -hmm. <laughs> obstacles, but, and also just refining your career path, because I don't think a lot of people realize when they choose a career, whether it's business or medicine, or like in my case, counseling, you don't know exactly 
the niche or niche, I never know how to say that word, mm-hmm. <laughs> hear it both ways, but you never know kind of which real specific direction you're going to end up in. And you've kind of ended up in a really kind of specific. specific niche. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where throughout your career, you're learning what your, your strengths and weaknesses are. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, do you, um, are you more introverted or extroverted? Um, do you like to be more of, are you more of a generalist in that you enjoy knowing a little bit about a lot of things? Or are you more of a specialist where you want to go really deep on, Ooh, you know, just a few topics and just be an expert um, in one particular area? Um, you think of like a neurosurgeon or, you know, a particular type of lawyer who's just really expert in one particular arena. Um, but I think that's where you just, you, for me, uh, I've learned through doing it, um, by getting out there and trying different things. And I, I don't learn as well reading it in a book. I have to actually get out there and try the job, try the work, see if you like it. And, um, then you, you find out, okay, I'm, I'm either good at this or I'm not. Mm -hmm. And trying to figure out whether or not something you, it, it, again, like hone, hones your, your path and you Mm -hmm. begin to get a a sharper, clearer vision of what that path is. Right. Well, so what are some of the like assessments or tests that you give when you're doing, what would you call it an evaluation or? Yeah, just, uh, just an assessment with people. Um, uh, I use the, an assessment called the Highlands Ability Battery, um, which uh, looks at your natural abilities. And the the cool thing about it, I actually took it myself back when I was about twenty two years old. Really, um, is that they are they are looking. You know, the difference between abilities and skills are skills are things you can go out and get from going to school. Um, yeah, you can learn a trade, you can, you know, be an apprentice, you can go to school and learn a skill, but an ability is something more that you were born with. It's really the way you're hardwired. Mm -hmm. And, um, the Highlands ability battery is really good at measuring that. And, and they, um, based upon their studies over the past 30 years, have felt like the, these abilities that they're measuring really, um, are are formed and stabilized by the age of 14 and they don't really change, um, past that age. That's fascinating. Yeah. So it's, um, it's pretty interesting to, to think about the fact that you're born with these, um, kind of natural bent with this natural leanings and natural wiring and, um, and that, you know, they, they begin to stabilize. And so it, it doesn't mean that, um, if you're not, you don't have a particular strength or ability in one area that you can't do a job. It just means you may have to work harder in a particular way. Let's say, uh, you know, looking at the, just an introvert extrovert, um, Mm -hmm. measurement. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're more introverted, Mm -hmm. then you gain energy by being by yourself. Um, that doesn't mean you can't go and do a job that requires you to engage people you just have to be aware that you gain energy by being away from people. You need to give yourself downtime. Um, and so it's just kind of a matter of getting to know what your natural abilities are and to know yourself so that you can look for work, um, and particular occupations that will allow your strengths to really, um, be utilized to their maximum as opposed to 
So you're operating out of your strengths instead of operating out of your weaknesses. That's one of my favorite concepts is just that idea of seeing yourself and like knowing who you are and, and just kind of evaluating the strengths and weaknesses, not judging them, just saying, this is going to help me make a decision about who, who I want to be with or what I want to do. And, you know, just accepting that. Um, so I like that you maybe push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, but you also sometimes have to say this might not be a good fit because mm-hmm. of that trait. Yeah. So there's some levels, you know, some things that can be trained no matter what abilities you're born with, yeah. but some that are just hardwired in that yeah. can be sort of cemented. And yeah. So those are, so the abilities, I look at those natural abilities and then another assessment I use is called uh, true motivate and it looks at your core motivations. Um, and they use a, a method of having you uh, storytell and looking at, um, they just have you look at three different uh, stories from your life where you experienced uh, a great sense of accomplishment. Um, and you write about that story and you answer some questions about it. Mm-hmm. And then they are able through that assessment to be able to kind of point out, okay, here's where we see your your key motivations come from here's what motivates you and moves you to do something That's or be amazing. engaged with something so so having you know that knowledge of your your natural abilities what am i kind of hardwired and born you know to do well mm-hmm. and then knowing okay what really motivates my heart and what do i have a, a passion to do you know bringing those two things together mm-hmm. um the only missing piece from that then is figuring out, figuring out, um, and I kind of these focus on these three areas are then what are the needs in your community, you know, in terms of whether it's the job market or whether you're looking just to do something as a volunteer, Mm -hmm. um, that's unpaid. Um, but look, being able to look around your, your community, your, um, city, wherever you are Mm -hmm. and trying to understand, okay, here are the needs, here are my gifts, here's what motivates me. Mm-hmm. I want to bring all those together and try to find something that where everything intersects. Wow. So really just kind of finding a distinctive kind of unique piece about you and merging that it reminds me of a book that I had to read when I worked at Baylor University called Courage and Calling. Mm-hmm. And they kind of said, if you want to figure out your calling, you, I can't remember the five aspects, but it was similar, sort of like, what are your gifts? What are your passions? You know, what, what um, are you talented at? Like, it's sort of like interests, talents, passions, mm-hmm. burdens for the world and things like that. Yeah. And sort of the intersection of all those pieces is probably what would be an amazing calling for you. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a quote that I really like from uh, Frederick Beekner, who was a pastor. Um, it's the place God calls you to is a place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Mm. So um, like the idea that. of just looking at your, where's your deep gladness and your deep passion and where are the deep needs of the world and bringing those, mm. finding, trying to find a way to bring that together. And it, it doesn't happen overnight, but it, but it can happen over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I try to do as a coach, as a career coach. Um, and then as an executive coach is just to work with either individuals or, you know, leaders and 
companies or nonprofits to help them um, be able to be more intentional and 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 intention intentional about their their work and their calling. Mm -hmm. So that's neat. You know, one principle that I talk about for various reasons in therapy reminds me of this: the principle of egocentrism. It always has sounded a bit selfish, like, oh, you're very self-centered or ego-centered, but it really, you know, means more seeing the world from your center. And that's how we view the world, mm -hmm. because this is our center. Um, but I think that one of the reasons that we need people like you to help us with our gifts and callings, a lot of, I think, individuals just kind of take for granted what they're good at, and they think everyone's good at that. And they don't know what's unique about them because they assume other people are the same. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been a new soapbox I've, I've been on the last year or two is, you know, just because something comes easily for you doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. This might be one of your real strengths and you just take it for granted and think, well, I thought everybody could do that. Yeah. You know, do you see people kind of taking for granted a real gift because they just assume it's it's easy for everyone or it's not oh yeah yeah and that I, i've seen that come out um a lot in the abilities um assessment where this particular you know assessment has 19 different assessments that they put you through and mm -hmm. and where some people are like i i you know i hated this section i was terrible at these but I did well at these, but then, you know, the next person I talked to has a totally different reaction and profile. Mm -hmm. And you, you realize just how we're so differently made mm -hmm. and how we, we just have no idea of the, the influence that our gifts and our strengths may be having on people, mm -hmm. uh, until someone actually takes the time to kind of um, uh, you know, to have an objective person point out to you, Hey, here's what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Um, and most people are, have never really had anybody sit down and help them understand mm -hmm. that. So wow. that must be fascinating to see all those profiles and see just the distinctive shadings or, you mm -hmm. know, areas. So is that the Highlands test? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it looks at 19 types of intelligence or? Gifts? Yeah, uh, 19 different um, abilities. Um, Can so, you rattle off a few of those? Uh, yeah, a few of them. I probably wouldn't be able to rattle no, off all of them. But, but um, it, it does look at the um, kind of your personal style, which includes introversion, extroversion. Are you more of a generalist, a specialist? Mm -hmm. uh, it looks at um, time frame, hmm. which is, are you more of a... Um, a short-term thinker, like you're only planning about the next, you know, 10 hours mm -hmm. of the day or maybe mm -hmm. the next hour. Mm, um, that sounds familiar. Or, <laughs> or, ADD. Yeah. Or are you a person that thinks more about, you know, three years out or are you thinking maybe 10 years out? Um, Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety. So, yeah. So, um, Grayson's actually a, like about a 10 year thinker, oh, wow. which is, um, we were talking about this just recently, how she's 19 and just how that Im impacts her view of dating. It causes her to quickly start thinking about, um, is this guy marriage material mm -hmm. even after the first couple of dates? Mm -hmm. So those kind of things can you know pop up where if you're, if you're a short term thinker, you, you may not think about those things at all because you're just, you're just enjoying the day. You're just waiting yeah. to see what happens, what unfolds. But if you're a long-term thinker, 
then your time frame is longer then you're you're thinking about those long-term questions yeah you're very intentional and deliberate and not just in the moment just kind of enjoying the day but you're thinking what's the what's some ramifications and, of this yeah. down the road there's a lot of wisdom in that yeah um it also looks at um your idea productivity do you are you a natural uh, brainstormer who can really come up with lots of different ideas really quickly or are you just a little slower at that kind of mm -hmm. kind of process um it it looks at um, your ability to connect um uh disparate or unconnected um concepts words pictures into a broader category so it's kind of being able to you know look at a, a one of the assessments is looking at about seven different images of like a hmm. bird and a card and a pitcher of water and, and you can find common thread yeah to find or do you quickly find the common thread or is it harder for you to do that and wow. so um and then there's some actually some hearing ones that look at your do you have um tonal memory or, or rhythm uh, memory are you able to hear sounds and measure distinct you measure differences in the sounds as they're played back to you because they found that people that can uh, hear those sounds and, and hear the distinctions either in different tone or different um, pace or rhythm uh, are able to see a lot of different details in life not not just through sound but all through also through um visually or through touch uh, that they this can recognize like mind -blowing. i yeah. can't believe this test exists <laughs> so it's pretty it's pretty cool so i'll have to give it to you so. uh, really <laughs> tonight <laughs> yeah. that's so cool so yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting that's fascinating so how is that classified? Is it classified as a career business assessment test or? Um, they, I, I would say they, they, they probably just would classify themselves as um, they're, they are career oriented in that they're trying to, I think they, they originally started out, you know, being, having this focused on maybe uh, high school, college mm -hmm. age, mm -hmm. people who are just trying to figure out mm -hmm. what to do with their lives. Mm -hmm. um, but um, they've got people all ages that have now taken the test over the decades. So that's um, incredible. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I was just sitting here thinking, listening to all this and, and knowing that we have Grayson here, too. I was thinking about what um, kind of the idea you've probably heard of, like, when you start listening to this is going to seem random, but when you can start learning bird calls, mm -hmm. suddenly you start realizing that there's a million birds out there <laughs> yeah seems so, it's funny but before you learn the distinctives of all of them it just all seems like a bird mm -hmm. and so you don't even become aware of all the things and i was just thinking about what a blessing it's been for you to sort of get tuned into sort of all these things and then be able to look for them and um and not only in not only other relationships but with with our children and you know it's so uh for anyone i think it, it's just such a blessing to become sort of aware of this about yourself but then it also opens your eyes to mm -hmm. those things in other people you can see them whereas before maybe would have just been mm -hmm. uh non-specific or yeah I don't know. 
just a cacophony of sound like a right yeah you know, just you're <laughs> just hearing it there's just a lot of birds out there but instead yeah. to actually be able to notice and people oh it, so you, it may it just makes me think of the beauty of community too just that all these different things are needed and that they're found in different people mm -hmm. and how can we really tune into them and utilize and yes, maximize and their live into it and uh, sort of also just enable uh, thinking through ourselves living into it, but then how can we also enable others to live into it? Um, yeah, that's, that really is amazing how you can apply that and opens your eyes to the complexities of people and all the different variations of strengths and just knowing that those categories and those gifts exist, you know, now Lane can sort of notice anyone like your daughters or anyone he's close to like, Oh, I can tell that you're, really spontaneous and in the moment, but you maybe have a hard time planning ahead. Mm -hmm. And then this person is like worried about the future and maybe can't enjoy the moment as much. Right. Mm -hmm. And but there's strengths mm -hmm. in each of them. Exactly. And so mm -hmm. how could we live into those strengths more fully? Right. Yeah. Optimize mm -hmm. each and and that's where I don't want people to devalue what they have to offer. And it mm -hmm. reminds me of that passage in the Bible about, you know, who, who of you should say that, you know, I'm more important part of the body than you are. Like the mm -hmm. eyes are more important than the feet, mm -hmm. but we need the feet. We need the hands. We need the eyes. And, and as we were talking about earlier, before we recorded, I really think that everyone has a superpower mm -hmm. or is gifted in their own way. And it, and, and you and I, Jennifer have talked about this on walks. Like it's just heartbreaking. We were both saying for people to diminish or underestimate their intelligence or to mm -hmm. think they're not gifted. Mm -hmm. And I just think school in my mind, I think school only measures about 10% of yeah. your intelligence, mm -hmm. but yeah. yet that's the measure that people take generally into mm -hmm. the rest of their life. And it affects what they think they're capable of. Mm -hmm. And, but when you're talking about all this, a lot of what you're talking about isn't really distinguished or brought out in school. Yeah, not at all. Um, they don't really look for that and you don't get a, you don't get a grade for being able to, you know, think into the future or, mm -hmm. and, and nor do they ever really help you identify the fact that, Oh, I, I actually, you know, I'm really quick with numbers. Um, they, you may be good at math, mm -hmm. but they don't help you realize may may not realize that you know someone who's really quick with numbers and can do calculations in their head really quick mm -hmm. that there's other people who can't and that mm -hmm. that's really a gift that yeah. you, that you have oh yeah uh, or if you're you're good with art um, yes. and you're able to or able to work with your hands like Grayson doing pottery and just really able to finesse things really delicately mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know that other people can't do yeah. that. Oh yeah. So, um, and perfect pitch. Doesn't one of your kids have perfect pitch? It's Grayson. <laughs> Grayson's like, I'm being targeted tonight mm -hmm. in a good way. Mm -hmm. Although if you were embarrassed earlier, when they mentioned the dating, I'll tell you a quick story. <laughs> when I was like 21, um, I was a senior in college and I was on this retreat and I was reading this book and somebody like yelled across the beach, Beth, what book are you reading? And I was like, Oh, Finding no. the love of your life. <laughs> I read like, that book too. So mortified. Did you read that book too? <laughs> Must have been a hot topic back in 1993. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow, that that is fascinating. I cannot believe that test exists. And 
it's it's really I hope that it it's being circulated for more reasons than just career placement. Yeah. For self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um I think and I think the the thing that I've also um wrestled with and learned a lot from a lot of different writers um one in particular Tim Keller's mm-hmm. book Every Good Endeavor um is that it is um it's easy to want to start with my strengths and my gifts and say, okay, I'm, I'm God's gift to the world. (laughs) You know, what shall I do? Um, but to be able to be, to the Bible is really calling us to be other centered and more centered on the needs of our community and to be able to say, okay, um, how can I, um, serve others with this gift. And so it's easy to want to start with, well, I, I want to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I want, I could make an idol, like easily make an idol out of my own self-fulfillment mm-hmm. and that think that that's the ultimate career path is self-fulfillment, but that's actually going to lead to bondage and just lead to enslavement to my own desires mm-hmm. as opposed to really trying to pursue what does the Lord want me to do um, with the people in my life and the community I live in, um, in this world and, you know, how, what are the needs I need to engage and then, you know, look at whether or not I have the strengths and abilities to, mm-hmm. you know, do those things well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's a balance there that I'm finding that I have to, encourage people with to say, we're going to look at your strengths and we're going to look at your abilities and your gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not the ultimate, um, place we're driving. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's, that's your toolbox. We're looking at what tools do you have Mm -hmm. in your toolbox or in your backpack? Yeah. And, and now we're going to set out into the world and figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that reminds me of some of those really deep philosophical questions that I think are super important to ask yourself when you're pursuing a career path or, or meaning in life or relationships. It's like, what do you think a career is for? Mm-hmm. What do you think marriage is for? Mm-hmm. What do you think friendship is for? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think life is about? Like, what is the purpose of life and what makes it meaningful? And, you know, if you have to sell your soul to do unethical, you know, business practices mm-hmm. and you make a lot of money, like, do you really feel successful and good at the end of the day? You know, do you, does it, you know, does it feel rewarding even, you know, Hey, you may have a Ferrari and a, you know, $20 million house, but Mm -hmm. do you feel rewarded and and are you enjoying your life and can you sleep at night? You know? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, think it is really good. I love to catch people when they're like in college or even teenagers and young adults and have them think about it. But a lot of middle-aged people, they're, you know, it's really fascinating how we do end up in our career paths. Sometimes it's like, oh, my parents wanted me to go to law school or my parents mm-hmm. wanted me to go to med school mm-hmm. and they don't like it. Have mm-hmm. you seen? Oh, yeah, that? definitely. And and that's one of the factors that that I try to look at with people to say what's what's influenced your current path. And, you know, your your family of origin is huge. It was a huge for me mm-hmm. um, and it was huge. It's huge for everybody. And there's there's big influences there. Um, I guess there could be for some people no influence. Um, but for some, there's been a lot of influence where 
um, where, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, not knowing really what you should do and just kind of looking to your parents and say, what do you think? And then mm-hmm. pushing you in a direction that maybe you, they thought was going to make you a lot of money or make you, mm-hmm. um, you know, you were going to be in a place where you would, you'd be, um, taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, they want you to be provided for, but they don't necessarily think about what are you really great at and what are you really good at and what could right. you, whether you were making a lot of money or not, what could you really do an incredible job at? Yeah. So, And their intentions might be good. They might be healthy intentions, mm-hmm. but it's delusional to think that another person can know mm-hmm. what you would enjoy, whether it's a career that would be perfect for you. I mean, not to say that we shouldn't get input from people that know us well and maybe some guidance, but it would be like someone trying to pick out your spouse for you. And right. they think this person's attractive, you know, but that doesn't mean you do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I use the wedding, uh, an analogy of a wedding a lot. You know, your your mother might be devastated if you want to get married barefoot on the beach. Yeah. Um, because she would never do that. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, but it's like, that's not her wedding. And so I think people have to be careful to not put too much pressure on their kids Or any loved one, you know, to say, oh, I think you'd be great at this or you should do this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're living vicariously out of their own regret, too. You know, I didn't do well in school. I didn't graduate from college. So I want you to go to med school or go to as much school as you can. So it will redeem my regrets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the the family origin is a big impact. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also found that a lot of people have have kind of found themselves trapped in certain careers because of just bad financial decisions Mm -hmm. that maybe even started in college where they went deeply into debt. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they knew they had to just pick the job that made the most money. And it wasn't a job that they necessarily were that excited about, Mm -hmm. but they had a lot of debts to pay off. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, suddenly 10 years have gone by and they realize I'm, I'm doing something I don't really enjoy, but I'm kind of stuck because now I've actually got three kids and a mortgage mortgage, and I've done all these other things that I thought were part Mm -hmm. of being an adult and being successful. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now I'm finding myself trapped in work that I don't enjoy. Mm, Yeah. So, and it's hard to turn that ship. It can be turned. But it's a hard, it's a long process of trying to turn that ship around. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it takes courage to sometimes say, I don't need a flashy job or I can actually take a demotion Mm -hmm. that feels healthier for me. And I actually had a client do that this year. He was just getting promotion after promotion after promotion. And he wasn't comfortable with how much he was having to wing it. And he felt like he was out of his expertise Mm -hmm. and he was doing a great job, but he was working more hours than he should have because he was a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and it wasn't good for his mental health. Mm -hmm. And, but then he's like, but my kids are in these schools and I have this house. Like if I, if I take a demotion or change jobs, but he finally did decide that it was more important for him to be happy and to be rewarded and take, uh, you know, a lower paying job and to take a step back, which I think is amazingly admirable. And I think it's very successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we were talking the other day about success. Like, I think it's important to redefine what is success mm-hmm. and there are different ways to look at success. 
And some people might say, I'd rather have a really good lifestyle where I don't miss, you know, two thirds of my child's events, sporting or theater and make half the money, then make twice the money Mm -hmm. and maybe not have as nice cars or not get to pay for as many camps. But, um, but that feels successful to me that I make half the income, but I have more time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, so that's where, um, you know, some people need some, some time to figure that out and they are, they need time to make changes in their life in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, some, you know, want to jump in and make those changes. Others, it takes them a little while to, to get to that place. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, it's, it's interesting just to see how we, we Mm -hmm. end up down certain paths and all the different influences that can push you in one direction or another. Right. Well, going back for a minute to the, the types of intelligence and gifts, I really do want to figure out a way to spread that message more to people of like, you have a lot to offer the world Mm -hmm. in a career sense with your gifts, with your personality and different ways. And that is, you know, we talked about the never perfect podcast. We all have these different package deals in lives and in life and you know, I feel like it's, it sounds a lot like that's what you're trying to help people do is say, Hey, let's look at, you know, do a really thorough evaluation on you and your personality and mm-hmm. the way your brain works and help find a path that will really be rewarding and utilize these special gifts that you have. Yeah, definitely. So cool. Yeah. So, and yeah. Even this, <clears throat> the, the assessment, the Highlands assessment, even, um, you know, looks at these abilities and then they also will provide, um, actual suggestions or recommendations of occupations that have the, the qualities or the characteristics that are required, you know, of, of these same, that the abilities that are required to do that job align with, you know, your particular pattern of abilities. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so it's, uh, there's a database that a government database called ONET that mm-hmm. the Department of Labor keeps, and they actually do keep a a significant size database on the different types of abilities that are required to do certain jobs in the military. No, it's or in all anything, anything okay. any 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 um, job in our uh, mm-hmm. economy, and um, and so uh, the Highlands people have correlated their, um, the outcomes from their assessment to that database so that you can actually see, okay, these are occupations that would correlate well to your pattern of abilities. Wow. So, um, Lane, do you ever see in, you know, this is a question I haven't talked with you about in a, maybe since you started this, this, um, consulting, but do you ever see people that you feel like struggle with making a career choice or changing careers because of maybe a misunderstanding of the value of certain work, or you could even maybe say maybe a misunderstanding of the theology of work. Yeah. Do you not see that as much? No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that again, where people have, have all kinds of different influences on them on what, where they think the value of work comes from. And, and I guess quite, you know, quite frankly, most people don't see a lot of value in their work. Um, 
they see it in some ways as like a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Sisyphus um, pushing the rock up the hill and then tomorrow I'll do the same. Thing. Right. There's a mm-hmm. you know Greek mythology of the Greek um, god Sisyphus who got punished by the, the higher gods. And his punishment was to roll the rock up a, up a mountain every day. And then roll it rolled back down at the bottom of the hill um, f- for the next day for him to keep pushing it. That was his the Greek idea of, of punishment, but, um, and, and work and you undo your yeah, <laughs> so, work every day. You have to start, but that was really how that was, you know, the Greeks way of trying to explain how they viewed work and how they viewed labor. Mm. Um, that it was just this hard, um, lot in life. It was just this difficult thing that every human being has to endure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Greek worldview and Greek philosophy w- was about, escaping um the difficulties of labor Mm. and so it was it was considered more valuable to be involved with politics or to be um uh, and a a philosopher or teacher um and that you should say you know anybody who's doing manual labor um you know was considered a lower human being yeah Um, less less value value. yeah um and And sometimes i feel like we we carry that just a little bit subconsciously even now, but I don't think it's, Oh it's yeah, actually we definitely true. do. Well, we definitely do. I mean, the, the, I love, I love to follow, um, Mike Rowe who hosts the show dirty jobs mm. on discovery channel. Um, but he's for several years now been, um, pushing and promoting and highlighting the fact that we have a huge shortage of skilled labor in the United States plumbers, electricians, pipe fitters, welders, um, people we've, we've jumped onto a bandwagon for the past 30 years Mm -hmm. that everybody needs to go to college and everybody needs a white collar job. Kind of marginalizing. Yeah. And saying that, saying that that's more valuable, that's more important because you'll make more money and a job that requires you know, you to actually use your hands and get to get sweaty or to be outside or to crawl under a house or whatever is not valuable in some way. Mm. And so we now have this huge labor shortage of people with skilled labor. Um, and uh, so he, he's been out trying to he actually has raised money to give people scholarships to go to trade schools and to you know, be able to learn how to become a welder or pipe fitter or plumber or whatever. And, um, but I think that's where, um, and we're even seeing it now in the housing market and the construction mm-hmm. industry that you can't find, um, trades people to come and do work, um, because there's a shortage of, of them. So, um, that's unfortunate because we need people that are willing to do the, you know, the, the heavy, hard labor yep. and all sorts of not just the intellectual, mental jobs. We need the physical and the strength and, you know, some of the yeah, so I think, too. And I think that's where our, our society, our, at least Western culture, has really placed a higher value on the, the thinking intellectual mm-hmm. type jobs over, you know, you know, manual labor, physical labor type jobs. And, um, but the Bible, places equal value on all work Mm -hmm. and that um says that all work is intrinsically valuable because we are made in the image of god and we're imitating him when we work um so 
that's the, yeah. the, the big um uh, i just wonder if that could free people up sometimes to really pursue what they love and enjoy yeah mm-hmm. it definitely and could feel yeah. like that they could even employ people enjoy employing other people to do those kinds of jobs mm-hmm. and be a shelter for other people as an employer um, in those types of jobs that are very valuable. Mm-hmm. City, yeah. what is the, oh, you always, you always quote the, the verse that talks about when the, um, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Yeah. Like hmm. it, when they're, when they're able, I think the idea it's from is, Proverbs, I'll forget it's 10 Proverbs eleven ten I think. Um, but yeah, you know, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And the idea is that when the righteous do well, they, they do things that benefit the city. They do things mm-hmm. that benefit the community. They don't, they don't take from the community. They aren't extracting from the community. Mm-hmm. They aren't extracting wealth and money from people. They're doing things to actually bring value. They're not delivering from, cheap products and charging as much as they can from it. But right. They're actually bringing value and blessing people. Right. Well, and that's why the the true reason behind why you do something is what can probably really determine your attitude and your joy. I have been just blown away by some people who've done jobs that I would think were very difficult or very unrewarding. Like for instance, a janitor in a school dormitory mm-hmm. um, there, when I was in my doctoral program, there was this wonderful lady, I think her name was Kathy and she was cleaning bathrooms mm-hmm. in the dorm room and she was singing and she was like, praise God. I, I love God. And isn't, God good and I'm just so happy and I'm so thankful. No, Grayson, you Grayson has to tell you about really her. her. Oh, can you come near a microphone? You had a similar story? Yes, I had um this lady who worked at my high school. Uh-huh. She cleaned all of our locker rooms. Uh-huh. And I mean, she was amazing. I we had a, an assignment in our English class or something um, to go and interview somebody who did like the hard jobs mm-hmm. around our campus. Mm-hmm. And so I went and interviewed her and we talked like for at least an hour and she just, she had so many like little nuggets of wisdom to offer mm-hmm. and was just so joyful mm-hmm. and um, content with what she was doing and we talked a lot about i can't even remember all of it but she just kindness people and people would say how blessed they felt she would remember people's names mm. yeah so cheerful while you're bending over back breaking work cleaning toilets and yeah tubs. she was incredibly generous too. yes she was wow. very giving wow um but i guess that's just an example of somebody and it's hard too because it's work that you do without a lot of recognition or like Mm -hmm. appreciation from Mm -hmm. other people especially when i don't know it's just like a bunch of teenagers or Mm -hmm. something that you're serving like they don't think to thank you a lot Mm -hmm. but she she, made a real impression on you yeah she did and probably more than a lot of professors (laughs) yeah yeah or or teachers and like like she didn't teach me you know how to do math or Mm -hmm. 
think about the mitochondria or something, <laughs> but she like taught me how to value other people. Yeah. She's a role model and yes. she sounds very inspiring. Like that you can do jobs that are very, very difficult and probably very low pay mm -hmm. and be that happy and that content. Yeah. Wow. I love that. It's, it's amazing. I've been very impacted by several people. There was, um, a man that bagged groceries and, you know, took people out to their grocery carts. Um, in St. Elmo, we were at the bottom of lookout mountain. His name was Clarence and he was so joyful all the time. He was older. He died a few years ago, but he was just, who knows, probably making minimum wage. So joyful, just so thankful and, you know, so circumstances, you know, really are just circumstances. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one of my favorite things I heard in college at um, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, Lane, a minute ago, but they were saying that if you realize that the mundane things that we do, and I've applied this a lot to motherhood things such as changing diapers, and then there's another diaper, it's like that, that rock going up and down the hill, doing dishes and then cleaning, you know, dirty dishes, clean dishes, more dirty dishes, clean clothes. But they were saying the mundane things are an act of worship unto God mm -hmm. and that they have so much value if you do them that way. So no matter what you do, you can do it as an act of worship. And in maybe you could be as happy as the people with the seemingly the most difficult or unthankless jobs in the world. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Wow. I like that. Thank you for sharing. Are we, oh, are we an hour? Sorry. Um, well, yeah, I don't know that I have any other specific questions. I love hearing about what you're doing and I wish that we really could do this for younger kids as well. Like to me, something like can. this, can you? Yeah, yeah. It should be almost mandatory to do this in college yeah. or high school. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, considering approaching a few colleges around here to see if they would, you know, be open to yes. just recommending it to people that are interested. I mean, it's something that I would love, like just oh. even figuring out what your major is. Mm -hmm. It's such or, a huge yeah. head start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. To narrow down very specifically. I mean, I've never heard of a test this specific. Mm -hmm as far as gifts and abilities and the way you think and the way you process information. I mean, you didn't even get to rattle off all 19, but I was blown <laughs> away. Yeah. It takes about, and it takes about three hours to take the test. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty in depth, mm -hmm. um, but it, the, it's got a lot of good information. So Ooh, I'm definitely um, want to take it. So no yeah, you joke. need to take it. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I don't think so. I, I appreciate you having us on your podcast today. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thank you tonight. for spilling a little bit of stuff before the podcast started so that you could embrace the never perfect thing. I'm always happy to spill my chili at your house. <laughs> <laughs> spilling the beans. <laughs>